0: Bidzi Small Business Society, number 178. You're listening to Bidzi Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barrisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzi Small Business Society at Bidzy.com and grow your business. Hey guys, quick message to let you know I've teamed up with Audible and I wanted to give you the opportunity to try their platform free for 30 days. And along with that 30 day free trial is a free audiobook download from a library of over 180,000 titles. I recently listened to Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek and you'll find other audiobooks from great entrepreneurs like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, as well as tons of other nonfiction and fiction authors. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bidsy B-I-D-S-Y. Try it free for 30 days. There's no obligation. You've got nothing to lose and a free audiobook download to gain. That's at audibletrial.com forward slash bidsy. is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am chatting with Dr. Buck Joffrey, Buck is an accomplished physician, entrepreneur, asset manager, and founder of the financial education website, WealthFormula.com. He believes that there is a certain level of volatility and instability in the current global economy and advocates for entrepreneurship as a more reliable method of approaching personal finance. Buck shares more wisdom on his popular podcast, Wealth Formula, where he teaches professionals how to take charge of their money and prosper. Welcome, Buck. Thanks for taking the time today. Can you first tell us more about yourself, then about what projects you're working on today?
1: You got it. Well, thanks for having me. Um, Well, listen, I uh, started out, well, I am a surgeon by training, so uh, a little different from a lot of the other entrepreneurs out there. but. You know, I finished my training back in two thousand nine, and at that time, when I was in residency, had really no idea that I had any sort of business bone in my body. So this is this was kind of a surprise to me as well. What I did know was that I was kind of sick of academic medicine, and you know, up to that point, I'd been a very academic guy, meaning you know, the guy who was writing papers in the journals and that sort of thing. Um, And I was getting kind of sick of it because all the hierarchy involved with you know, academics and in, and medical school and residency in, in general. So the day after my residency graduation, I got married, and um, my wife and I we were in our honeymoon in Mexico. And of all places, on the way home, in a Mexican airport, I found a copy of Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant. And. And suddenly, I got hooked on this idea of starting a business, and not just you know a lot of the Kiyosaki folks are just all about real estate, but for me, it was the idea of being free from a job and answering to anyone. And and since then, I've been lucky. I you know I went ahead and I uh, you know I I, um, I took some chances, and I've started multiple businesses, a couple in uh, health fields, and. Uh, You know, I've been in the real estate area now, and um, I've started sort of an asset management company as well.
0: Well, man, that's quite the journey. So you're a surgeon. You're a successful physician in the medical field. How do you move into the entrepreneurial space? Was there a specific moment that you decided to launch that business and that brand that helps people with their wealth management, Buck? Well, you know, <laughs> so I mean, I
1: think entrepreneurship in general, I mean, uh, I think it was uh, an opportunity for me because I got lucky. Uh, I got lucky because about nine months into my first job, uh, I was working for a a company that, of all things focused on doing lots of facelifts and and um, and I was good at it, but I didn't get along with the management, and I couldn't stand being told what to do by. You know these managers. So well, they didn't like that, and they they fired me. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> just one of those unemployables, Buck. Right. That's that's exactly right. Because in retrospect, I look back, and you know, I, I'm I'm just not a good employee. Every time I've been in charge, I've been fine. But you know, if I'm if somebody's in charge of me, it it just doesn't work very well. And then, so that was really fortuitous. And for me, because I was uh, all of a sudden I didn't have a job, and I knew I didn't want to go work for somebody. So I just started a business, and I started a business. Um, it, it was a medical business. I call it a business because it was in cosmetic surgery, so it was not in, involved with, uh, you know, insurance and reimbursement. It was uh, a business where I had to do a lot of marketing, and I ended up doing a lot of television, radio, internet advertising, and um, and I, I started this business, and within eighteen months, was making you know more than. Anybody who I, you know, anybody I had actually trained me just a year
0: before. So, so <laughs> any of those bosses, right? Just proven those naysayers wrong. I love that. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, that's exactly right. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just about the money. I mean, that was great. But I, you know, all of a sudden I got a bug, the bug, the bug of this, this, this whole sense that you could take an idea and you could be really creative with it and you could run with it. And if you try hard, you could actually create an entire you know, an entire business around it. To me, that's really exciting. Right. So, so that's what I did. I did it a couple more times and, um, had, you know, I had a lot of success and I was making a lot of money. And then most recently I had to, you know, I started getting into this idea. Well, you know, I'm making a lot of, I'm making this money and I invest in real estate because my dad was a landlord and that's all I knew. I don't, I don't believe in the stock market and putting my money into things that I don't understand. So, I believe in buying things that I understand that have real value, real assets, and so I started doing that. In the meantime, um, a lot of my colleagues and people around me were starting to ask, "Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I see you're only working about two days a week, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, you know what? What are you doing to 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 do as well as you are and have this time off and so on, so so essentially that got me to uh, start wealthformula.com and wealthformula podcast, because I think for me, it was about, you know, sharing this concept of entrepreneurship and investing in real things. Um, uh, and, you know, in just a, just eight or eight years, seven or eight years or whatever. It, it's, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've pretty much, I mean, I could retire right now, but that's the last thing I want to do. And, um, Instead, what I'd like to do is try to teach others and, and you know, hopefully uh, get to the point now where a lot of people ask me to, you know, to get involved with things I'm doing. And that's why I started the current project of essentially a private equity company um, that, you know, invests together and and uh, looks at opportunities together. So,
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, just keep creating that valuable content. Just... Offering that content very generously. And it sounds like you learned so much. Like you said, it wasn't about the money. You learned a lot about marketing. You learned a lot about advertising. And now you've created this successful brand, this successful business. But Buck, it probably wasn't always that way. I want you to talk about your biggest challenge here in business or otherwise. But what sticks out in your mind is your biggest challenge. And we're looking for some of the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge.
1: Yeah. So, um, you're right. You know, I, I skipped over a couple of traumatic incidences,
0: (laughs) you know, it's not always always that easy, right?
1: (laughs) No, it's not. And you know, the reality is that you need to, you need to, uh, have those types of things to develop scar tissue because you can't get very far in business without, you know, having some war wounds and they make you stronger. They, that's how you learn. You don't learn anything from the success you learn from failures. So, a couple of years ago, I took this cosmetic surgery, uh, business, which I stopped doing any work. And I just had people working for me and this, uh, doctors working for me. And I had this idea in my head that, well, if we, you know, I was in the Chicago metropolitan area and we're doing great. And somebody said, why don't, why don't you start doing a bunch of these around the country? So, so I did. So in, in the course of, uh, about twelve months, I opened about three or four of these cosmetic surgery offices in places like Las Vegas and Denver and San Diego. All right, and uh, I did that. Um, I and it, frankly, it. it I had some uh, some challenges where um, you, you wouldn't really expect it, but it wasn't really so much from the new offices. But what happened was that the key people in the very successful Schomburg office were stretched in ways that they weren't used to being stretched. And they were, they were suddenly being utilized for things that they were not necessarily, you know, good at. So you, you know, you're trying to tear Like, for example, I tried to turn a salesperson who was the best salesperson I ever met into a vice president of sales. That doesn't work very well. Uh, you know, people, people are good at things and sometimes trying to You know, turn them into other people just because they're good at one thing is a mistake. And so so what happened was that the the office in in Chicago that was incredibly profitable for seven, eight years, all of a sudden had two or three or four months in a row of huge losses that pretty much destroyed the opportunity. Uh, to to continue growing in the, in the early phases, right?
0: So help me understand. So this your best salesperson, you turn him into the vice president of sales, looking after all the salespeople in all of these four offices. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't just her, but I think people who were doing really really well in the Chicago office as a single operating office were suddenly turned from being you know really good at what they were doing in whether it be in sales or in operations. And they were, they were all of a sudden put into, because it was my fault, I put them into roles as people who are going to scale this company into multiple cities. And instead of being hands-on, they were now managing others. And they weren't, they weren't as good at it. I mean, they're very, very talented people. And they're still with me. But they weren't very good at that, that kind of growth. And you know, we we uh, we ended up not being able to to survive that growth because of the failure in the first business. So, so the good news is that from the beginning, my intention there was that, you know, I was going to take a shot. You know, I was going to take a big shot at this, but I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna bet the farm. In other words, you know, I was going to have a certain amount of money, a certain um, you know, a certain line of credit that I'm willing to to go up to, and once that's done, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet everything else on it because i had too much to lose. So, once it was pretty clear that that wasn't that it wasn't gonna happen, I backed off. Now I get a fair amount of debt from that, but it's getting paid off. Um, and to me, I still I still would have taken the shot because the upside would have been, from my calculations, uh, you know, if it had worked. Couple years down the line, I could have built a company that I could have probably sold for a hundred million dollars. Wow! Um, but the downside is I'm down a couple millions.
0: So, <laughs> so, so it's you know, so, it, it sorry happened. to laugh and rub salt in your wounds <laughs> there, man.
1: <laughs> but you know that's the way entrepreneurs are, and you know that it's sometimes you you look at these things and they don't hurt you as bad as they hurt others because you know, you're going to just do it over again anyway. So one of these times you hope you're going to, you know, you're going to hit the jackpot.
0: That's right. Well, I can say, I understand to some degree, but I'm certainly not working on that level buck. Now, let me ask you this. If you could go back and change one thing um, about that launch into those three other cities, what would you do? What would you do differently? Yeah. Well, uh, let me
1: just take a step back and just say that uh, my my philosophy on the types of businesses that I'm interested in 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 doing and in starting has changed significantly since that that launch. Okay, I think that uh, I think there was a couple problems with this business model. One is that cosmetic surgery is is pretty competitive, and um, I'm. Uh, I'm over the idea of having glamorous businesses. The more boring, the better. <laughs> and, you know, the businesses that, you know, I like to think of it as a philosophy of looking for business ideas under rocks. Because if no one else is looking for them, you have a much better chance to to succeed. So, so I think that that's the other. The, the second thing is that if it's a business that requires an enormous amount of brick and mortar and, you know, capital I'm not really interested anymore because I think those are the types of things that suck up working capital very quickly and give you a very, very little margin of error. So, so those are the two things that I think, uh, I, in my view, that are, are important. I think if, ever, if, if a business is very popular because of the industry, it's glamorous, and a lot of people are going in that direction, you got to turn the
0: other way and run. Yeah, it's going to get saturated and diluted pretty fast, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's not, and there's too there's too many opportunities out there where people are not not looking in that direction and I'm finding more and more every day. And that's <laughs> I mean, I think that's where the real opportunity is to find things that mom and pops are doing on a small on a small scale and they're doing really really well and you know, no one's really looking at that opportunity, but if you look at it in the right way and you say gosh, could we scale that? There's a real opportunity there. I think that if you start looking at business opportunities that way, there's a lot of a, a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more options than people think.
0: Yeah, great stuff, man. Great stuff. Now let me flip this. What are your rewards? Why is it so great to be Doctor Buck Joffrey?
1: Well, I don't know if it's great necessarily just to be me. I mean, I've got a really <laughs> bad back and all this stuff. But you know, listen. For me, entrepreneurship and making money is fun. Okay. It's just it's a lot of fun and it's the way I like to live. It's a lifestyle. Um, you know, I liken it, you know, I'm a huge I think you get you're Canadian out there, right? But you I know am, we have the yes. yep. uh, we have the NFL here in the US and I'm a huge yeah. NFL fan. And I liken my interests in business and investing the love of 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 football. I mean, at the end of the day, it's fun for me and that's and that's what I like about it. You know, it allows me and it also allows me to be my own boss and really dictate my own schedule. And,
0: um, you know, it's there's there's never day. It's really not work. Right. If you're doing what you want, it's not really work. Right. You're just that general manager of that team. You just got to find a way to move the chains every day. Right. That's Right awesome now Buck what's been most effective in really engaging with and growing your audience and I want you to help the up-and-coming entrepreneur understand a few things about gaining some traction in what seems like a crowded and noisy social media and a marketing landscape
1: yeah one of the things that I realized was that it's hard to generalize what works um, I've um, you know now I've started a Uh, multiple different businesses and what works for one business does not work for another um you know i I started a business in uh like in cosmetics and that is very much heavily dependent on on google and in television and radio all those things work now you know i have other businesses that for some reason there's zero traction on google pay-per-click like zero and the reason is that people people don't search for those things. So you have to figure out what it is that you're, you know, that you're trying to, that you're trying to sell or what it is that you're trying to engage people on. Uh, Another example of that is, for example, you know, my latest business is in the area of, um, you know, essentially wealth management, right? It's, it's a syndication business. Um, Now, advertising for that on, You know, television and radio may not make a lot of sense because, you know, who's going to go invest with some guru who comes on television and, you know, tells you to put in $100,000 into something. Well, usually not
0: late night, that late night guru standing by a Ferrari, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, and and that guy's going to sell people who uh, who don't have the money, but the people who have money are never going to give that guy money, right? So you have to figure out who your audience is and where the, you know where they're going to, um, you know, where they're going to get their information from and what they're going to believe. If you're looking for cosmetic surgery, uh, you, you're probably going to go to the internet. If you're looking for somebody to invest with, you're probably not going to try to go to TV or the internet, but you, you're probably going to be asking some of your, you know, friends who are doing well. You know, what are you investing in? Who are you investing So, So there's different ways. Unfortunately, there's no formula to this other than trying it all. And in every business that I've, I've had so far, I've, um, you know, I've, I've gone through a few different uh, advertising
0: paradigms. And, you know, you miss, you miss, you miss, and then you hit. Yeah, I mean, and I think you said it best, Buck. You said you need to speak the language of your audience on the web, on Google, on social media. In other cases, you need to get out there and shake some hands and create those referrals and create some word of mouth. Yeah, great stuff. Now, let's say that I met you at a speed networking event and you had two minutes to explain the wealth formula. What would you say, Buck? Well, I think the wealth formula
1: is... um, It's a change in paradigm on how to build wealth. A wealth formula, uh, the idea behind wealth formula is that uh, the focus of it is to create cash flow. Um, We don't measure wealth uh, in dollars. We don't measure it in the amount, you know, the size of your bank account. What we do is we measure wealth in how much, you know, how long you could go without making money. So for example, if you don't have to work. For example, on a daily basis and you can get by because of the investments you made or whatever businesses you own and you can go say say you go away for 12 months. I don't care how much money's coming in. If you can survive and do what you want, you're wealthy. So that's my definition of wealth. And for me, the formula is really based on trying to invest for cash flow rather than capital gains. That's how you do it. So um, so I think it's a fundamental change in, in in paradigm. You know, I had a podcast that I did about a week ago that was that I called high paid professionals uh, dying broke <laughs> and, <laughs> and it. And 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 it's because I think the problem with what we have today is we have a very unpredictable market, and we have a very unpredictable economy. I mean, uh, you know, zero percent rates uh, for for eight years. I mean, these are unheard of things, you know, and they're just they're areas that even the Federal Reserve doesn't admit. The U.S. Federal Reserve doesn't even pretend to understand. Now, I I think of things in a very basic way. I think of return on investment. I think cash on cash, and to me, rather than trying to build the big heap of cash that hopefully you can uh, outlive, you know, uh, just be able to have cash that comes in every month and increase that. You're almost starting a retirement right away. You know, you're 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 gradually phasing off of the idea of exchanging your time for money, and you're depending more and more on your money working for you.
0: Yeah, awesome. So let me see if I understand this. Like, you made the distinction between cash flow and capital gains. Like, are we saying cash flow is today and capital gains are tomorrow? Is that right?
1: No, I think cash flow is today and tomorrow. Okay. I I don't see any value in capital gains. Let's put it this way. So, if you're putting uh, the traditional way of putting uh, money aside for retirement, is this say you put a certain amount of money, you expect it to grow at a certain percentage rate. Uh, For a certain number of years, and then you expect to have this, you know, pile of money, and and then when you're ready to retire, the idea is if you take, you know, just four percent of that per year, it should last you the rest of your life. So to me, that's kind of scary. I mean, first of all, I don't really like the idea of of running out of money before I die. So my view on this is that instead of thinking about um, saving up that money, my view is that you invest in things that throw off a certain amount of cash per uh, per month. And those residuals start to add up and add up and add up over time so that eventually they get to a point where you don't need to work anymore. For example, say you're investing in real estate, and that's one of my favorite things. Um, and you know that, you know, on a, on a monthly basis or on a yearly basis, you're getting 10 or 12% return on investment. Um, and you put hundred thousand dollars into that building. Now you're getting $12,000 per year. Now you can repeat that, you know, 10 times and all of a sudden you're on $120,000 per year. Right. And that's a real asset. That's not something that just goes away. That's something you own. And if you look historically, the people in this country or really around the world. Who've been able to create huge amounts of wealth are people who own things. Um, they don't just own paper. When you talk about the stock market or the bond market or whatever, all you own is derivatives, and they go up and down. And there's no reason for it. You know, somebody has a, uh, you know, some president, uh, some president dies, and all of a sudden the stock market dips. Why is that? I mean, the 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 asset itself has the same value, right? But that's what happens when we we depend on derivatives. They're not real. So my ethos is buying and owning real things, having businesses that throw off money and not depending on what Wall Street has created, which is just this big fake you know, derivatives market.
0: Man, Buck, derivatives, cash flow, capital gains, passive income, residuals. This sounds like a whole other episode. I hope we can follow up and we can do that episode. But for now, we're going to take a bit of a shift here. I want to ask you this. Which influencers do you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration?
1: Well, you know, I have a a big, um, you know, I'm very much inspired by Robert Kiyosaki. Now, my message is a little different. Different from Robert Kiyosaki, you know, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad and and the uh, Cashflow Quadrant, because mine is uh, mine is adapted for, for people who generally are already you know making some money. I mean, uh, not necessarily people who are making millions of dollars, but people who aren't just struggling. You know, my message is about okay, you you know, my message is about um, taking Kiyosaki's message and how can you adapt that if you're already doing pretty well. And instead of uh, getting out of the rat race, I would describe mine as, you know, escaping from the golden shackles.
0: And we can learn more about those golden shackles at wealthformula.com. And I guess what you're really saying here, Buck, is you are the influencer, man. (laughs) Now, I'm going to make another shift towards the end here. I want to ask you this. Do you love to win or hate to lose and why? Well, I love to win, but I,
1: I don't hate to lose. I mean, I hate to lose in the moment. You know, no one likes to lose that, especially when you're losing a bunch of money and you're like, oh, no, now what? <laughs> but, I mean, listen, I've never learned very much from winning. I mean, all you get is this excitement, and, and it's awesome when you do. But, you know, pretty much everything that I've learned uh, to go to the next level has been from losing. And so
0: that's how I learned. Yep, extract those lessons and move forward, absolutely. Give our listeners something actionable. What are you doing to wind down after a long or stressful day?
1: Oh, well, I, I'm a pretty simple guy. I mean, I, I'll, I'll just grab a bourbon, uh, and then I've got a 7-year-old, 3-year-old, and a 1-year-old, so I just I just get down on the ground and, and, and play.
0: Yep, a little bit of family time, good stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. Now, boil this thing down for us, Buck. What is that one thing you want to leave with our listeners about educating themselves about money and generating wealth?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing, again, is, is about financial education. I think it's really important for people who are out there, especially if you're small business people. I mean, you're already thinking out of the box a little bit. But what's ironic to me is that even a lot of – uh, small business people who are um, who who aren't the same, you know, w two wage earners and who think outside of the box when it comes to the money that they make, they invest it the same way that everybody else does, right? So you make a bunch of money in your small business, but what do you do with it? And you go back to your wealth advisor. Well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, right? So uh, I think that, um, in my view, if you're already especially for a small business person aspiring to aspiring small business person you're smart enough you don't have to listen to all these people who are trying to get you to invest in wall street you know just so that they can take your money because wall street takes your money they don't make you money i mean there's and we could talk about this in another episode but absolutely we this, will man i'd love to <laughs> but the statistics are ridiculous in terms of you know the types of fees and that sort of thing that come off so so especially for people who are already small business people, my message is, you're smart enough. Don't let these Wall Street people fool you into think you're not. And go out there and learn about ways to invest your money that don't involve some wealth advisor that took a three-month course in being a wealth advisor.
0: Man, interesting stuff, yeah. I absolutely want to follow up and talk more about this stuff, Buck. Buck is teaching this stuff, and he's talking about this stuff on the Wealth Formula podcast and on his website, wealthformula.com. Buck, if there's other ways that uh, our listeners can connect, how can they find you?
1: Uh, well, yeah. So there's the website, and I've got a Facebook page for Wealth Formula uh, Wealth Formula podcast. And um, you can also shoot me an email anytime at buck at wealthformula.com.
0: This has been great, man, filled with actionable steps. We appreciate your time here on Bidzi Small Business Society, Buck. You take care. Hey, thank you. Looking for more great audio content? Go to audibletrial.com forward slash for a free audiobook download and access to a library of over 180,000 titles. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash